welcome to the Monday, July 13th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. We are back again with another Weekend in Review episode, and man, there have been lots of things happening this weekend, so I am excited to be going right into it. But obviously, before we get into the actual podcast, I have to do my um, housekeeping duties, so please um, please follow TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. If you're listening on Podbean, please remember to download, follow, like the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please remember to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and also share with your friends. And remember that I'm also on Spotify and Anchor if you like want to listen on those platforms as well. So yeah, we got that out the way. Um, I have some great episodes lined up for you this week. Um... The Wednesday episode is kind of in doubt, like, I, at this moment, like, I think I, like, there has been, like, some, like, health complications over the last, like, two days or so, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to record the Wednesday podcast, but I'll still try my best to get it out to you for sure, but, yeah, that's about it, I think I got most of those things out the way, so let's get right into the episode, and the first topic we're going to be covering is the hashtag free Roge movement. And this has been trending all over Twitter, basically worldwide, basically for the entirety of this weekend. And yeah, th- let me explain like what ha- what happened. So it all started when a U.S. when a senator in the U.S. W- called out the NBA for not having statements such as you know support the troops or back or back the blue on their list of approved statements for the um, you know for the for like, the social justice statements at the back of their jerseys. And he said he was going to contact Adam Silver about it. But then, likely source emailed the senator, and it was ESPN's own Adrian Wojnarowski with a simple "fu." And he then later apologized for the way he handled the situation, and he absolutely regretted it. And obviously, this um, this was met with a bunch of support from the NBA community because, let's be honest, everyone loves Woj. He is the um, he is the um, OG source for like all things news, all things, all breaking news and all that, and he just he just, like and the entire just the community loves him, and yeah, everyone came out to support Woj, and a lot of that has to do because you know, you know we need people of like his skin color, you know, to stand out and make their voice known about these situations, and when, you know, like the senator, I guess like in a sense was trying to like devalue as like. Like what the messages like that were trying to be spread are happening, and stuff like that. He's like because like he's trying to like you know have like phrases that contradict each other, and you know like like we just need like more like prominent like white men, kind of like well she used her voice to help us in the situation, and to fight for change. But the thing is, I kind of I, I understand the concerns of the senator because you know these phrases, but the only thing is like you know these phrases that putting in the back of the jerseys are not political. They, um, they're just, like, I mean, they're trying to, I guess, like, they're kind of political, but, you know, they're not, like, trying to be, like, you know, attacking the government. That's why you don't, like, have to see, like, type of, um, phrases that have to do with the election or policing and all that. They just have, um, just, like, general statements about, you know, that their skin matters and stuff like that. And sure, you know, Woj could have handled the situation differently, and a lot better, and that is a completely fair, um, 
you know, rebuttal against that. But, you know, like, this, like, those simple two words are the ones that, like, you know, were simple enough to create noise and kind of, like, bring, um, you know, to bring light back to the issue. And, it, and he didn't have to say much. He literally just said a simple F-U and it started to create buzz around the situation again, which is great, and to continue the conversation. And sadly, you know, um, on the backs of that, we knew something was going to come because, you know, big company of ESPN, something like this happens, them being entangled with like, the government and all that. And it led to Woj um, being suspended by ESPN for the time being. And what turned after that was the hashtag free Woj hashtag was trending number one. I believe, I'm not sure, I think it was around the world, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, like number like hashtag free Woj. And, like I said, this guy was already loved for his, like, infamous Woj bombs and all that. Uh, and for being the number one source of breaking news. And now, like, with this interaction, it made him immortalized in NBA history. He became an icon. And like I said, this is, like, I'm just glad this was able to spark the conversation, even just for a little bit. And I, for one, you know, I'm in favor of this, like, free Woj movement for sure. We move on to the next topic, and... We're going to bring back the idea of the second bubble because a star finally spoke out on it and it was Steph Curry to go and say Warriors where he basically said that, you know, it would hard, it would be hard um, for him to play meaningless games. And if, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first player to speak out on the second bubble ever since it was reported. And, you know, I'm in full agreement with him. But, like I said, this is the first player, but there also have been, like, um, and I think coaches have said things about the second bubble like um to participate in it and i believe one of them was head coach Roy pierce of the atlanta hawks and i think he said on the no dunks podcast maybe i think a week or two ago where he was talking about how his team was excited to play in the second bubble if it were to happen and you know steph who was a i believe the biggest um name in terms of players who would be attending the second bubble said that you know these are meaningless games like why what on earth would i play for them and like I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, you know, Steph here is just reiterating my point. Like, what is the point? <laughs> and, you know, although Pierce is for this, I can assume like many others are against it. And that just has to do because, you know, like I, like I said before, people putting more people at risk. And, you know, there's just like, like what is there to play for? You have like, they're doing this to, of course, not for player safety, but to like kind of recoup, um, revenue and stuff like that and this is for you know some of the teams to reach um these um what would you want to say them i think these um these goals like that are set out by the by the networking companies and stuff i think they just have to like reach those type of um numbers and i think that's why the nba is trying to do this and stuff but you know this is just like i don't like just like steph curry said it's gonna be it's gonna be hard pressed to find players who actually want to agree to do this like I don't think anyone's going to try and, you know, gather in Chicago to try and just, like, finish off, like, a season, like, of meaningless games. And sure, it could, um, you know, sure, it can affect, like, you know, draft standing. But if that's going to dra- affect draft standings, it's just going to, everyone's going to be just trying to tank. Not every, like, not just one team. I think everyone's going to be trying to tank in this bubble if that's the case. And, you know, if you just want to get these guys playing ball... Um, and show that, you know, this is, like, to keep it safe and stuff. Just have them do scrimmages. I mean, some of these cities are close to each other. 
you're gonna you can able to just like get him to do like some scrimmages so you can get just get a feel back on the basketball court. But like I said, that's not what the NBA is doing this for. They need to try and recoup money, and if they and if this is gonna happen in September, which they are planning to, you know, it's gonna be in the middle of the play, playoff season and all that, and they're just gonna just do it to like play like just games on the side, which, like, it's just not gonna it's just not gonna happen. Like no one's gonna watch it too. Like I said in the in previous podcasts. And like I said, you know, if Steph Curry is saying this, like, as a top guy, I have a feeling that many other people have the same concerns about it as well. Like, I just think it would just be hard for players to be convinced to do it. But, you know, that's just me. And the NBA is a business, so if they're going to force this, they're going to they're gonna let this happen. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be surprised if more players speak out on their displeasure about this idea. Now we're going to be going back to the bubble right now because all the teams have finally got there. And, um, you know, I talked about last podcast about how, you know, there's like some players, you know, complaining about their rooms, complaining about their food and all that. And kind of the whole situation of the bubble that they're not used to. And we, we kind of got a nice change of pace with a different type of comment from John Morant saying, like, you know, my room is fine. The food is fine. You know, I'm not a silver spoon type guy. And, you know, like I said, this is a type of a nice change of pace because we've been hearing from multiple NBA players, um, and Rajon Rondo, Troy Daniels, um, Embiid, I believe, who else was, was complaining? I know there was one more guy, J.R. Smith, yeah, who had just, like, been, like, complaining about, you know, the living conditions, the food conditions and all that. And it's just nice for, like, John Morant to, you know, have a change of pace of like opinion, opinion because you know everyone's been complaining and John Morant, you know I'm just happy to be here you know I'm, I'm not like too fussed about the food and all that and you know I completely understand I mean going back to like the people complaining you know I completely understand like why they're um complaining about the living situation and all that these guys live in freaking mansions they live in houses and all that and this is just this is a significant downgrade and I can definitely understand why they're not gonna be like like enjoying these living conditions like most of these guys have their own personal chef and they have to um have this type of food like it, it makes sense to me but i think what they fail to understand and jay williams put this best when he was um talking about it before i mean like recently about it and he was just talking about how you know like these players are kind of like they're kind of like tone deaf to like the situations of like their fans and stuff and a lot of these guys you know are working nine to five jobs who are just trying so hard to make ends meet and when you see like these players just complaining about you know living hotel lifestyle having all these amenities and them still getting like you know these like this, these free services like it's it's very hard for like people of you know people like me who are watching and the majority of people who do watch basketball just like sympathize with their concerns about the bubble, you know, like, they're freaking millionaires living in Disney, playing, in, in its most general sense, a game, and, like, with, with, like, great attractions and amenities surrounding them, and, you know, I'm not calling them spoiled or anything, but their attitude at this time is, because I, I know a lot of these guys had some hard upbringing and stuff like that, like, and they finally, like, made it, but it's kind of, like, you know, it just feels like they're losing touch with their roots with like, the, some of the comments that we're making. 
and you know I understand like the also the kind of the age difference of all this I mean Jaw is not far removed from that type of lifestyle so like maybe this is more fresh in his mind because you know he's just a rookie in this league and but you know for these older players it's been a while since they haven't lived like you know so lavishly and all that but like again you know there's n there's nothing wrong with complaining but in these type of situations like if you want to complain about this these are the type of things that you kind of keep to yourself and if you do post on social media it's going to come with a lot of backlash because you know um it's just just think of the fan base man you gotta like just think of the demographic that are watching like a majority of like us basketball fans are like middle class to just like below like middle class type players like watching the sport we all love but you know like i said it's hard to empathize with them and Hopefully, you know, they, they try to stay off from the social media about this type of stuff right now because, man, these guys are getting torn apart for these type of comments. Not just by the fans as well, you know. Like Kendrick Perkins were saying, like, you know, guys, be grateful and all that. Like And like I said earlier, Jay Williams had some comments about it as well. And I think, like, you know, the NBA boys kind of have to just dial it back and kind of just like look at the whole picture of this. The last NBA topic um, for this podcast I'm going to be discussing has to do with the Bleacher Report top 100 players of this season so far, and of the season. And you know, whenever a list is made like this, there's going to be a lot of controversy, a lot of you know discussion about this. And boy, let's talk about a, a few of my concerns. Um, and like in this segment, I'm going to be giving just like three. Um, of like what I believe is like kind of like the worst takes out of like this, in my opinion, in my opinion, of course. And I would talk about the Russell Westbrook at number twenty-two thing, but I already shared my concerns on my Instagram. So if you want to follow that, please follow TV on Basketball on there. It was part of my discussion Saturday post, and it um yeah, it's part of my discussion Saturday post. So if you like want to see my thoughts on that, you can check it out on there. But I will not be talking about it on as part of these three. So yeah, um, the first. You know, pick that I think they got completely wrong here is that Norman Powell didn't make the list at all. And you can call me a homer. You can call me, like, you can call me um, biased because I'm a Raptor fan. But I think that Norman Powell has taken, like, the leap that every Raptor fan has been waiting for with him. Like, he's averaging over 16 points a game, still playing great on the defensive end. And he has become our. You know, our six men, especially now that, like, Larry and Van Vliet are playing together in the starting lineup, mostly. Like, he's been, like, absolutely fantastic for this team. And sure, you know, he he had he has had some injury issues throughout the year. But I think that he established himself this year as one of the league's best bench players. And he would definitely be part of the six-man-of-the-year, like, discussion if he were to play a couple more games here and there. And, like, the fact that he didn't even make the top 100 list... And, like and I, like just the fact he didn't make the top 100 list is extremely surprising to me and honestly disappointing. And the thing is, like you know, OG Ananobi being at number 96, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be on the list either, but I think that Norman Powell has had a better impact on this season for the Raptors than OG Ananobi. So by that logic, I think that Norman Powell should be ahead of him. And you know, there's just like other players as well that are just ahead of him that I just don't think that like. I just don't see, like, why they would be ahead of him, like, at this stage of the season, you know, Dante DiVincenzo of the Milwaukee Bucks, sure, he's, a, like, a good, solid player, but I just don't, I think Norman Powell is still better than him, 
Same thing with Marcus Moore Sr. at the moment. Same thing with Derek White. Same thing with Danny Green, just to name a few. But, you know, I just think I just don't know how not making a list. It's just kind of blasphemy, in my opinion. The second, um, you know, um, player I want to discuss is Zion Williamson. And after only playing 19 games this season, he has already cracked the top 30 players in the NBA. And uh, I just... Where where can we, like... We have to have some sort of a limit on this. Like It just hurts me. Like, he only played 19 games. And sure, he has looked fantastic in those 19 games, but... We have to look at the sample size here. He's only played 19 games in total under 600 minutes. I just think this is jumping the gun way, way too much. Top 40, sure, but just some of the, like... And I think, like, he'll... And I'm not saying that he's not going to be a great player or anything. Like, I'm talking about this season and, like, what he his impact on this season is only. Like, he's only played 19 games, and yes, he'll be probably a top 20 player probably by next year, just the way, because of the way he looks. Like, he just looks ridiculous. He looks fantastic. But it's just hard to say that, you know, after 19 games this season, that he has played already better than some of the other players, like, who are behind him, who have had, you know, longer seasons and have just have, like, a more established presence. I mean, John Morant, who has been Rookie of the Year for most of the year, is already is still behind him, which is kind of weird to me. Um, you know, De- Don- Donovan Mitchell, who has, like, multiple playoff experience. I know they're talking about this season, but this guy has played the whole season and the Jazz have been consistently a playoff team be- with him being his, the number one scoring option. Um, people also like Sabonis, who was taking a big jump this year, who has played at an all-star level and like has been like the number one option for the Pacers constantly throughout the entire year. And just, just let me, like, just hear me out on this. I'm talking about the entire year. Zion has only played nine games, and he's already ahead of some of these guys, and I just think that's a bit too much, you know. But this is the, the whole thing with, like, people who are enamored by Zion and stuff like that. They always try to jump the gun a little too early. Yes, I would put him top 50, arguably top 40, but it's just, I just think that nine games is just not enough to um, warrant a top 30 position in the NBA. Like, and it's not just 19 games this season. Freaking 19 games of his whole career. Yeah, so yeah, that's just another thing that I just thought was um, not a good take on them. And then the one that everyone's talking about, the one that freaking sparked so much debate and all that, was that Chris Middleton is a top 10 player in the NBA, according to Bleacher Report. <sighs> um, Middleton is, you know, he's probably having the best season of his career. I, I won't take that away from him. He's been absolutely fantastic this year. And if you've been looking at my list and uh, my my post on Instagram, I have him as an All NBA third team member. And I just think he has had a fantastic season. He deserves to be like treated as such. Like he's been great this year. But saying that he is a top ten player when he is highly and I mean highly benefiting from having pro- probably the back to back MVP and Giannis Antetokounmpo on his team is just you know. I think it's giving him too much benefit of the doubt. I mean, he's is a fantastic Robin. Um, he's up there with some, some of the top Robins in the league. And by Robins, you know, I mean number two options. But in this nineteen in this nineteen twenty season, ahead of players who, like, he's just ahead of some of these players who have made like a bigger impact as the number one guy. 
I'm just going to bring up some names here like Jason Tatum, Pascal Siakam, Carl Anthony Towns, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. I just don't think that his impact is as matched as some of these guys who have been, like I said, the number one option on this team. You know, I think that he could definitely make the top 20, maybe even top 15 if you really want to push it. But top 10 is a bit, I think, a bit too much. And I just think that we just haven't seen him enough as the number one option. And maybe he could have shown us something because right before quarantine, Giannis sustained an injury and Chris Milton had some good games before that, like, while Giannis was injured. But if we, like, saw maybe more of that, like, say, over a stretch of maybe... Funnily enough, maybe 1920 games, um, we would have had like different thoughts on it. But you know, I just think that it's like throughout the season, and especially like, through like his, you know, his career, you know, retrospect, you know, his like the perspective of his career. He, we just haven't seen him enough as a number one guy. And like I said, this guy has the freaking MVP on this team, who literally every single game is being accounted for, is being game planned for. So. I just don't think he deserves to have like a top 10 like response there. I just think that's a bit too much for someone who is a clear number two, has not really had experience as the number one option. And that's it for the NBA topics. But like I said, like and for every Monday and Friday episode, I'll be talking about one topic that has to um, go outside the NBA. And this week, I'm going to be talking about the Toronto Blue Jays um, players finally coming back to Toronto for mini camp. For a, min- for a training camp, and, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, in an uproar because they um, they were told by the Canadian government that, look, if they're seen outside the ballpark during the quarantine period, they could be subjected to a 750k fine or a possible jail time. And I think a lot of people outside of Canada are having, you know, har- a hard time understanding, like, how this is really going to work. And... The reason I say that is because I'm Canadian. I know about these like these certain um, quarantine restrictions and all that. Um, I had a I had like a we had family friends like come over from Minnesota, um, living now here in Toronto, and they had to go through this fourteen dollar quarantine grace period, and all the rules are subjected to everyone. And I think that's just completely fair to the Toronto Blue Jays players. I'm not sure if they have these type of quarantine rules like after crossing the border in America. But here in Canada, yeah, we do have a 14-day, you know, quarantine rule um, when people are crossing the border. And, you know, and I think a lot of these um, people are really looking at the whole 750k fine and possible jail time. And not understanding, like, what it would be, what would be needed to, um, to actually, like, get those maximum fines or, like, a jail sentence. Like, 750K, I think it has to do with, like, if you are, like, you know, not wearing a mask, not doing this, and then figure out you are, like, just crossing the border. Like, that's just, like, worst, worst case scenario. Like, maybe you do, like, you, like, broke quarantine, like, like a multiple times. Like, this this would be, like, a multiple time offense until it gets to 750K. And freaking possible jail time is, like, freaking, like, if you're, like, you know... You know, just like just are not are doing like this carefree, like with not like with no regard for like you know others around you, not practicing social distancing and all that. Like it's, it's just something that like. It's it's just, um, it's just protocol. And to be honest, like like the Blue Jays are just no exception to everyone has to go through these protocols. And although they're athletes and stuff like that, they're, um, they have um, they're not like special in terms of like the law and stuff like that here. 
And, you know, people have been fined several times. I mean, just like on the news last week, these guys who have came over from the U.S. were caught, you know, um, driving around downtown, downtown Toronto, and were subjected to, I think, a $2,000 or $5,000 fine. So, like, these type of things like are just, like, the like, clear worst-case scenarios, and no one's going to hit that. And and then, like, just for other concerns that people had, like, people who say, like, they're not allowed to leave the ballpark. Like, people are like, where are they going to sleep? Are they going to sleep on the field and all that? And I think people also have been reacting about that as well. I mean, there's freaking, like, hotels attached to Rogers Center and stuff like that um, where the Blue Jays are having their training camp. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, they just have easy access, you know, inside the stadium, back to their hotel. It's not that big of an idea. And I think that people will just have, like, just have the wrong idea of, like, the quarantine rules. So, I just want to clear that up because I live in Toronto myself. Um, and just, they've been, like, shoving this information down our throat over the last few months. So, I just kind of, it's kind of, like, engraved in my head of, like, what's happening. You know, these protocols have been put in place uh, for all those coming across the border. And, you know, so far it's working. Um, we are now, I think, heading into stage three in the, like in the next week or so, where you know the cases are slowly but surely dropping in Canada. Where I think we're trying, we're almost dipping under three hundred as a country as a whole. So, whatever's whatever's um, happening is working, and hopefully people abide to these protocols. And like I said, you know, this this goes for everyone, and this is going to be the same thing happens when the NH- the NHL starts. In the new in the near future, and people have to join the the Toronto slash Edmonton bubble. It's going to be the same type of deal. These guys are going to have to quarantine for like fourteen days or so before they are able to do like some of the other things. But I think they're in their own bubble, so I think it's going to be like kind of different. But yeah, I think this is where we're going to end the episode. Thank you guys for listening. Remember to follow like all my social medias at TV on Basketball, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Remember to show this podcast some love on all the podcast networks. And, yeah, like I said, like at the beginning of this podcast, um, the Wednesday episode is in doubt. This is the top ten episode. Um, but I will try my best to... I'll, I'll, I'll see if I'm going to be able to do it like over the next two days. But, yeah, I think this is where we're going to leave it. Yeah, this is where we're going to leave it. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you all have a fantastic day. Take it easy. Peace.